It's time for the final score. We are back after a very lengthy absence. Uh, <laughs> wasn't planned on on an, being an absence, I'll tell you that. Uh, COVID reared its ugly head on the final score headquarters. And uh, the I guess the whole month of August, I was out. Uh, you know, I, I was diagnosed, I think, on August the 8th. And you know, after that, it, it was about two weeks of fevers, no appetite, lost 15 pounds, uh, didn't really want to do anything, and then even getting back into things, uh, getting back into the swing of things and getting your energy back. This, this, this stuff just zaps your energy. But we are back. I know a lot of people thought we were gone but for good, but no, we are back. I'm by myself this week, um, but we're going to talk about some a few things. We'll talk about some ECU football Talk about some Chowan football. I had a chance to go out to Garrison Stadium in Muffinsboro, North Carolina, and check out the very impressive Chowan Hawks football team. They are rolling right now. I believe uh, they've got a big game this week. Battle of the Undefeated at Garrison Stadium in Muffinsboro. Thinking about trying to go out there and catch it again. You know, it was a great atmosphere out there, Chowan. We'll talk a little bit about that. In, in just a few minutes. Of course, we'll have an NCAA football recap. We'll have our NFL recap. Uh, how about those Cardinals? And I'm not talking about St. Louis. I'm talking about Arizona. Arizona put a beat down on what I thought was the best team in football after last week, uh, the Los Angeles Rams. They put a beat down on Of course, we'll talk about all that and more on today's episode of The Final Score. All right, let's talk talk about a little ECU Pirate football. Everybody knows I'm an ECU football fan. <clears throat> ECU, and you know we haven't we haven't had a foul score since any of these seasons started, NFL or college football. So uh, you know, looking back on the way the season started for ECU, it was a tough start. You know, they they the opener they faced a tough, a really good Appalachian State team, uh, and and the score wasn't even as close. As the final score, you know, the game wasn't as close as the score uh, said. I mean, the ECU drops at 33-19, but Appalachian State pretty much dominated that entire game. And then you go to South Carolina, the home opener. 14 to nothing lead, ECU looking good. And somehow ECU blows it and ends up losing 20-17. to A lot of talk, a lot of talk, especially after the first two games, about Holt Naylor's. Inconsistent. He doesn't have it. We need to put Garcia in. Garcia, of course, if if you're not following ECU, uh, Mason Garcia is the freshman quarterback phenom that everybody's talking about. It's going to be the successor to Ailes, and he's going to have his time. Um, but then, and, and we they they go to Marshall, and Marshall is up 38-21 in the fourth quarter. In a game, it looks like another typical typical ECU loss. But all of a sudden, you know, and I'm listening on the radio. I'm, I'm, I'm watching on the uh, on my Fox, Fox app. I can't watch the live game. My internet's so bad here, I couldn't watch it. But um, all of a sudden, you start seeing, well, there's a score. There's a score. Holy crap, here we go. Next thing you know, it's 38-35. And onside kick recovery. And you're like, these guys might actually have a chance. Are they going to come back 
from 17 down in the fourth quarter and win this game. And they score a touchdown. It's 42-38. Not much time left. And all of a sudden, here comes Marshall again. They have to they have to make a great play at the end of the game to keep Marshall from winning. But they get the win. And, you know, I'm a member of an EC, a couple of ECU football groups on Facebook. And there's a lot of chatter in there, of course. A lot of... <laughs> A lot of people make their opinion known, I'll put it that way. But one of the things I said, and I just got through reading reading a book. Uh, it's a two, two series of books, but I've got the last series because I'm more familiar with that time era. ECU football, the history of ECU football, and it was pretty much from the 60s till 2010, I think, somewhere around that range. But it, if you look at every good team ECU's had, there's been a turnaround game. And I said that night, I made the the post on Facebook on that group, could this be the turnaround game? And I and I was like, maybe this is. Maybe this is what Mike Houston and, and, and those guys at ECU need to turn this around. Maybe this will start to turn around. Because Houston's going to be a good coach. I know a lot of people put him down. But Houston is has a has proved it everywhere he's went. He's a winner. Every every program he's taken over, he's turned around. And I, I mean, I'm not giving up on Houston. A lot of people are quick to. And I mean, in this day and time, I can't say anything. A lot of people, it, it's, it's the way the culture is. They want to see results, and they want to see it right away. But you got to have patience with some of this stuff. And it's easy for me to say now, but, you know, I, I never didn't think Mike Houston was, was the answer for ECU. So they go to they go come back home, Charleston Southern a game that you know ECU should dominate, and they come close to losing it. So there's I'm saying so much, so much for my uh, turnaround game. These guys are are just not going to do it. They pull that game out against Charleston Southern, 31 to 28. So that leads to Tulane this past Saturday at Greenville at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. A game that everybody was looking at like Tulane is just going to wipe the floor, just judging by the past last year. I think Tulane what held ECU to 35 rushing yards and, and just dominated the game. And this is the first conference game. So not a lot expected out of this game. You, people were going in like, oh, we'll, we'll see. Maybe they'll make a good show. And ECU just sets out and starts dominating from the get-go. Behind a touchdown each from Holton Aylers, Keaton Mitchell with a 68-yard run, Holton Aylers with a 17-yard run, and Owen Dow for a field goal. Pirates up 17-0 in the first quarter, just like that. Second quarter was pretty much domination by the Pirates again. Tyler Snead with a, a pass, 53-yard pass from Holton Aylers to give him a 24-0 lead. Tulane comes back with a pass, touchdown to cut it to 24-7, but then Roger Harris... He gets a three-yard pass from Aylers, and we go to halftime It's 31-7. Now, if you're a Pirate fan like I am, you know there's a lot of times that teams in the past with ECU have built up big leads only to come out the second half and have it slip away from them. And it looked like this was about to happen again. Tulane puts two touchdowns. 
and two two-point conversions to cut it to eight in the third quarter. The Pirates didn't score at all in the third quarter. They quickly picked up in the fourth quarter. Two, two quick touchdowns, extended lead back out to 45-23, and then they get a, another touchdown near the end to, to put it away 52-29. to The Pirates, 52-29 to win over Tulane. Impressive victory over Tulane. Pirate Nation should be happy right now. Three and two. Three-game winning streak. That hasn't happened in a while. 1-0 and in the conference. Mike Houston has not had that happen since he's been at ECU. A three-game winning streak. So, where does this leave Pirate Nation at? What do we think now? You know, Ailes had a good game. First three-game win streak since 2014 for the Pirates. So, Everything should be upbeat right now for the Pirates. Hope Nailers has a good game. 21 for 32, 288 yards, two touchdowns. Keaton Mitchell, 15 carries for 222 yards and two touchdowns. Pirates finished with 310 passing yards to 310 rushing yards, excuse me, to Tulane only with 124. Also 302 passing yards for the Pirates to Tulane's 280. Um, what do we think now? Keaton Mitchell. Mitchell and Harris are a good duo in the backfield. Harris finishes 20, carries 70 yards at a touchdown. But what I like, and everybody talks about Garcia, and they managed to get Garcia now. He threw a pass. He threw a touchdown pass. So that that pretty much made everybody, oh, Garcia's answer. Ayla's time's not up yet. Give him time. Give this kid time. Garcia's got plenty of time left while he's there, but give Ailes time to lead this team. It took him a while to get it in the swing of things, and I hope I'm I hope I'm not right. I hope I'm right about this, but I think he's going to Ailes is going to be something you have to deal with the rest of you. I think he's got it down now, and I think the Pirates are going to have a good year this year. So coming up. For the Pirates, they travel to Orlando, Florida at UCF. I'm not going to get my hopes up, but I just think the Pirates have a good chance at this game. I think they're on a roll now. Three-game win streak. I would hate to see them go to UCF and lose this game and lose this momentum. You know what I mean? But it could happen. UCF is two and two with they've lost two in a row. Lost this past week to Navy 34-30, and then the week before to Louisville 42 to 35. They're two wins over Boise State and Bethune Cookman. So not too sure what to think about this week, but hopefully the Pirates will pull it out. Okay, let's go to college football. Let's look at the latest. AP poll, uh, no surprise, Alabama, after destroying Ole Miss, is still number one. Georgia, who just demolished a really good Arkansas team, shut them out 37 to nothing at number two. Iowa, going to be a big game this week. Iowa versus Penn State. Iowa, number three versus number four. Penn State. Tore up Indiana, which that wasn't any surprise. 
This game right here is definitely the game of the week. Iowa versus Penn State. Of course, Penn State's number four. Cincinnati moves from number seven to number five with a big win over Notre Dame. Oklahoma stays at six. Uh, you know, I don't know what to think about Oklahoma. Oklahoma's playing around with a lot of these teams. I don't know. They're not dominating like they have in the past. Uh, Spencer Rattler is a good quarterback, but he hasn't really made me think, like, if I'm a Steelers fan and we're probably going to have to draft a quarterback this year. And we'll talk about that in a few minutes too. But I haven't seen where if he came out, I would be like, oh, yeah, we got to go get him. He needs to, to show me something. Uh, some of these other quarterbacks are showing more than he is. Ohio State at number seven at four and one. Oregon, who loves to Stanford. Oregon just cannot have to get Stanford's got their number. Goes drops from number three to number eight. Michigan, who's playing really good right now, at number nine at five and zero. Oh. BYU at number ten. Wow. Didn't expect BYU to have uh, have such a good year this year, but they they are kicking butt right now. Michigan State number eleven at five and zero. Oklahoma State twelve at five and zero. Arkansas after that thrashing they took, they dropped to number thirteen. Notre Dame after getting beat by Cincinnati goes to fourteen. Coastal Carolina who doesn't love Coastal Carolina at number fifteen they have five and zero. They move up a spot. Kentucky. After a big win over Florida, moves into the top 25, debuting at number 16. Ole Miss drops to number 17 after being throttled by Alabama. Auburn at 4-1 at number 18. Wake Forest moves up five spots. Undefeated Wake Forest. Is this the class of the ACC right now? They go to number 19. Florida at 3-2 after the loss because Kentucky and Alabama Drops to number 20. Texas moves in back into the top 25, number 21. Arizona State moves in with number 22. NC State stays put at number 23. SMU at 24, rounding out the top 25, is San Diego State. So let's talk a little bit about college football What this past, this past Saturday. As much as I hate to say it, Nick Saban is the man. I mean, all these all these assistant coaches that leave Alabama and going to turn around a program, and they do a good job until they face Alabama. 42-21 to 21 over Ole Miss. Saban is now 24-0 against his former assistants with 22 of those wins coming by more than 14 points. I mean, Ole Miss came in this game – Leading the country at score at 52.7. And Matt Corral, you know, the Heisman favorite, he got shut down. Uh, 21 points. And I mean, what can you say? Alabama, I, I, I guess, I'm going to have to admit, Alabama can reload. They don't ever, I don't think Alabama ever has to, uh, has to have a rebuilding year. They just reload. It's, it's amazing. And, I mean, is there something questionable there? I don't know. It may be just that people just want – the best just want to go play at Alabama. Maybe we need to realize that. What about Oregon collapsing against Stanford? 
Last few minutes of contest, they have a seven-point lead. Stanford's got second and 19 at their own four-yard line. And you're looking at it like there's no way Stanford could blow it. They blow it in overtime as Stanford scores 14 unanswered points to win the game. What about Georgia? We talked about Georgia over Arkansas. I got a chance to watch this game, and I've always kind of liked Georgia as an SEC team. They're, they're probably my favorite SEC team. And this was a big game. This was like the game of the week, but it was never in doubt. It was domination right from the start. Georgia's defense smacked Arkansas around all day long. And they they jumped out to a 24 to nothing lead at the half. I mean, Arkansas just watched. It's, it's kind of like a boxing match. When you come out and smack the guy around in the first round and got him on the ropes and you just – that guy can't recover. Arkansas could recover after they just hit – took that first that, – those first shots. They couldn't recover. Georgia's played 20 total quarters of football and have only allowed a touchdown in two quarters. Georgia has now scored 99 straight points without any points from the opposition. <laughs> it's amazing. Be looking, and I don't want to play this up too much, but yeah, I am going to because uh, I believe it was Kurt Herbstreit said Georgia has a good chance to beat Alabama. They did it with their backup quarterback. They ran for 273 yards on the ground, only threw for 72 yards. All this guy had to do was pretty much hand the ball off. But he made some good throws. He made some good plays. He ran the ball good. Cincinnati. They just put it on Notre Dame. It was like they, uh, it was like they were offended. And, uh, you know, some of these teams, like a Cincinnati – an underdog team that people were like, you know, don't give a chance to to making it up there with the SECs, with the ACCs, with the Big Tens. Cincinnati's changing that. They have, they're making a huge step towards the college football playoff. Beating Notre Dame at home. 324 yards for Desmond Ritter. Showing again why he's one of the nation's top quarterbacks. The defense played good, two interceptions, and uh, Notre Dame went down hard. So Oklahoma schools remained perfect. And I'm still, you know, Rattler was 22 for 25, 243 yards and two touchdowns. But they're going against Texas next week. Texas comes off a victory over TCU. <clears throat> that should be a good game next week, but it's still not the game of the week. I'm telling you, Iowa-Penn State – is going to be the game of the week. All right, let's move into the NFL. NFL Week 4 started off last Thursday night with a game that I was like, is this really going to be a game? The Bengals and the Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence versus Joe Burrow, the last two number one picks. And Jacksonville, led behind James Robinson, 
was kicking Cincinnati's butt. Yeah, they're dominating the Bengals at Cincinnati. And I'm like, are we is Cincinnati gonna come off that win against the Steelers on the road and lose to the Jaguars? Well, of course I I fell asleep on this game. Of course of course I had to work early Friday morning. And when I went to bed, it was when I fell asleep. It was fourteen nothing. It was, could have been seventeen to nothing, but the Jaguars decided to go for it on fourth and goal instead of kicking the field goal. Uh, didn't get it, and the Bengals end up winning on a last-second field goal, twenty-four to twenty-one. Joe Burrow, two touchdowns, three hundred forty-eight passing yards, uh, and the Bengals go to three on one. Why is nobody really talking about Buffalo? Buffalo, after that first game against Pittsburgh where they blew the, a 10 nothing lead at the half, has been on a roll. Josh Allen been on a roll. Buffalo, and, and you're going against the Houston, Texas team. Let's be honest. Houston, Texas team that they've got a rookie quarterback. So, and he's not. He's not ready, I, if he'll ever be ready. I'm not saying he'll never be ready, but he's not ready right now. And Buffalo takes advantage of Josh Allen, 248 passing yards, two TDs, as the Bills shut out Houston 40 to nothing. Let's go to Cleveland and Minnesota. And this was, I don't know, this is one of those games where you expected a lot of points to be put up. You know, you got Baker Mayfield, you got Kareem Hunt, you got Nick Chubb, you got Kirk Cousins, you got Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. Looks like it would be an offensive game. Wrong. <laughs> Cleveland gets the win 14 to 7. They moved to 3 and 1 on top of the AFC North right now with, with Cincinnati. Did you ever think you'd hear that again? It's a weird year. Indianapolis with paper MVP, Carson Wentz. I've got to give credit to Carson Wentz, though. Playing the last two weeks with two, not one, but two sprained ankles. Paper MVP's got heart. The Colts get the win 27-17 over the Miami Dolphins. Um, Tua still not back. Cracked ribs in the Raiders game. Brissett was the quarterback. Jonathan Taylor. 103 rushing yards, three, re three reception, 11 receiving yards, one touchdown as the Colts beat the Dolphins 27-17. The Bears and the Lions. Justin Fields starting the game. Andy Dalton's still out. But Justin Fields probably cemented his role as starting quarterback for a little while at least. As the Bears take out the Lions, 24-14. David Montgomery leads away 106 rushing yards, two TDs. Was injured, but what we hear, he's, it's not serious. So take a deep breath, Chicago Bears fan. David Montgomery is having a great year for Chicago. Would hate to see, would hate to see him go down with an injury that would keep him out for a long time or, or the whole year. Chicago gets the win, 24-14 over the winless Lions. That's not not hard to say there. Chiefs and Eagles. Andy Reid's return to Philadelphia. And the Chiefs at one and two. Are they struggling? 
gold Len Bryant, golden jack gold jacket boy is one and two. <clears throat> Excuse me. My voice, let me tell y'all, since this COVID stuff, I'm constantly it feels like I constantly have to clear my throat. Or take a drink of water, it still feels like it doesn't help. Can the Chiefs get back on track after that loss to the Chargers last week at home and get the win over over the Eagles? Yes, they can. <clears throat> Gold jacket Patrick Mahomes puts on a show. Five touchdowns, 279 yards, three of those TDs going to Tyreek Hill, who had 11 catches for 186 yards and three TDs. <clears throat> Excuse me. So the Chiefs moved to 2-2, two two, trying to keep Trying to, I guess they're still going to be in the bottom of the of the cellar this week, at least for one more week in the AFC West, which is probably one of the toughest divisions in football right now. But we'll talk about a, a big AFC West game on Monday night coming tonight. <clears throat> Giants and the Saints. What is going on with the Saints? Jameis Winston. We haven't had really to pull out the Jameis Winston turnover tracker this year like we did the year before last and his last year in Tampa. But the Saints just look like they're missing something. And, I mean, I know replacing Drew Brees is tough. And then you had the four, the, it's four or five defensive players when they played the Panthers that were out. Some of the coaching staff was out. That led to a thrashing by the Panthers. But now the Giants – come from behind, go into overtime, and get the win. 27-21, get that first win of the season. Daniel Jones, 349 passing yards. Saquon looked good. 52 rushing yards, 72 receiving yards, and two TDs. Maybe he's back. Saints, uh, Saints fans, I don't know what it is, but something is not right in New Orleans right now. Washington at Atlanta. What has happened to Washington's defense? They're not there. They haven't been here all year. 30 points against the Falcons. Luckily, Taylor Heineke gets them down the field. Guys, I'm telling you, it... As soon as that Tampa Bay game, playoff game was over last year, I said, Washington needs to work with Heineke. I think he can be a good quarterback. He may not be a Drew Brees. He may not be a Tom Brady, but I think he can do enough to help Washington win. And he did that just that yesterday, leading to come from behind win. Washington gets the win 34-30 over the Falcons. But despite Cordero Patterson's three TDs, Matt Ryan throws four touchdowns and they still lose. Dallas and Carolina. Carolina coming in on beating Dallas, playing really good football right now. Dallas jumps on them. Seven, I mean, it's back and forth. And then Dallas, the second half. Let me ask you guys something. There was a questionable call there that was questioned on Facebook. You know, we, we're all NFL experts, coaching experts on Facebook. But when you're you you just taking a thirteen to seven lead early in the first quarter, well, it's still in the first quarter. Excuse me, I don't know if it's early. Why are you going to go for two that early at that part of the game? 
makes it 13 to 7. Carolina ends up coming back and scoring to make it 14 to 13. Kind of sucks your momentum out too for a little while. But the Cowboys come out strong the second half. Ezekiel Elliott had a good game, over 100 yards. Dak Prescott, four touchdowns. Sam Darnold ran for two touchdowns, threw for two, had two interceptions, but not a bad game. Also, you got to look at this. Everybody wants to say, well, Carolina, Carolina did, they, they, they didn't play anybody those first three games. They were out Christian McCaffrey this week. And still, they lost 36-28, to so they're no longer unbeaten. But Dallas is playing really good ball on both sides of the ball. I have to give them credit. Probably one of the top teams in the NFC right now. Dallas, I mean, what can you say? Prescott is back. And maybe they've got them rolling in the right direction. We'll see. I know Eric Sawyer, you're listening right there. You, you want to hear that from me. Jets and the Titans. Tennessee, you have no defense still. And I'm starting to wonder about your offense, other than Derrick Henry. Henry, 157 rushing yards, had a touchdown. But they played from behind against the Jets. Jets end up winning in overtime, 27-24, getting their first win of the year. Titans, this is a team that that a lot of people had going deep in the playoffs. Right now they're 2-2. Two and two. I know it's a, it's, it's a long season. It's still early. But you look at the, some of this stuff, and it makes you wonder. I mean, Derrick Henry can't do it all, all the time. Defense, you've got to come up and make stops too. Sorry to tell you that, Titans fans, but it's, they've got to get better. A big NFC West matchup. The Arizona Cardinals come in undefeated, taking on – the L.A. Rams, who had just come off that, where they just demolished Tampa Bay last week on both sides. I mean, I, I honestly went into this week thinking top team in the NFL right there. Well, the Cardinals proved me wrong. Cardinals dismantled the Rams, going up 24-13 at the half, and then just put it on the second half. Kyler Murray, 268 yards, two touchdowns, no interception. And Chase Evans, 12 carries for 120 yards. They just demolished. I mean, the Rams had no answers. Rams couldn't stop them. 37-20. Arizona on top of the NFC West. Can they keep this up? I think they can. I think the, I think the Cardinals got have got something this year. You better watch out for because I didn't see them beating the Rams. I'll be the first to admit that. But it looks like... I was wrong, Colonel Sanders. Seattle gets the win 28-21 over San Francisco. Uh, Garoppolo, I'm doing air quotes here, goes out of the game with a calf injury. Or was this just a way to put Trey Lance in the game? How long Garoppolo is going to be out, uh, they, they haven't said. He's hoping for for a short absence. Um Maybe he really is hurt. I don't know. I don't know if they just want to get Lance in the game or not. I, I figured they would have pretty much have done that. Uh, then my boys, boys from Pittsburgh, struggling mightily this year. After that first win against Buffalo, they have not played a football game since. And they played a half of that one. Ben, 
you know, and I, I had, I mean, like I said, I'm in, uh, I'm in a bunch of Steelers Facebook groups, just like I am ECU, and everyone putting the blame on the shoulders of Big Ben Rossberg. Now, I do think Ben has lost something. No doubt about it. But to put the blame on him after you watch this offensive line, come on. Ben missed some throws, of course. But this offensive line is horrible right now. And I can't put, you can't say too much about them. They're two rookies. These guys have never played together before. You've got to have some time to jail together. But these guys have never played together. There wasn't a time, there may have been a few times where Ben had good good time to pass. They can't throw any deep balls. Their play calling is so predictable. When I'm talking about Matt Canada, it looks like last year. <clears throat> and I don't know if this short stuff is because Ben doesn't have enough time to throw deep or what. But there was a fourth and like five play. It was late in the game. Juju Smith runs a, <clears throat> a crossing pattern. Runs a two yard, runs like two yards and across. Ben's throwing the ball. And to tell you how much these defenses know where the play's going, there was a guy waiting right there as soon as Juju got the ball. And of course, he did not pick up the first down. We're calling swing passes on fourth and four. It's just not a good time in Pittsburgh right now. They've got to come around. Uh, but like I said on my fa- on on the Facebook groups, it's going to take time. You've got a young team besides Ben. Got to be patient. Defense is staying on the field a long time, and that leads to tired and injuries. Um, but the defense didn't didn't look that impressive yesterday either. So it, it, it's going to take time in Pittsburgh, but it's not, it's not good right now. Sitting at the bottom of the AFC North, two games behind everyone else. Because Baltimore, <clears throat> excuse me, Baltimore gets the win over Denver. 23-7, knocking Denver out of the unbeaten ranks. Also knocking Teddy Bridgewater out of the game early in the second quarter with possible concussion. Uh, don't know how long he will, he'll be out, but... Uh, yeah, Baltimore gets the win. Lamar Jackson throws for over 300 yards and no turnovers. And people were talking about no turnovers. That's the key, Baltimore fans. That's the key right there. Lamar comes up big, but in these big games, turnovers kill him. And you know I'm right. I don't like the Ravens, but you know I'm right about that. Then the game last night, NBC, Tom Brady's return to New England. And surprisingly, probably should have lost the game. Except for a missed field goal in the waning seconds by New England. uh, And a missed, it just looked eerie all night in in, uh, New England. But let me tell you something. It was good, and I'll give the Patriots fans credit. Before the game... You cheered for Brady, and you should have. That was respect for what he's done for that organization, what he did for that organization. But when the game started and he ran out on the field, they booed the crap out of him. 
<laughs> and that's what they should do. This is not, you know, he's going against your team. He's trying to beat your team. So hats off to you, New England fans. And, you know, the Patriots played a good game. I don't know if they were that far. If they had a little extra incentive, I'm sure, because they're playing Brady. They wanted to beat Brady. And Brady didn't have that great of a night. But the Tampa Bay Buccaneers hang on to win 19 to 17. Let's talk about the Monday night football game. Guys, let me ask y'all this. And maybe I should put a poll up on, on the Twitter page. If you haven't followed me on Twitter, please do. Final score 73. Follow me on Facebook. Friend me on Facebook. Um, are you enjoying have you Have any of you watched? I know you've watched Monday night football. But are you watching the regular telecast or are you watching Eli and Peyton? I watched Eli and Peyton a couple weeks ago. Loved every minute of it. They should have been doing this instead of Booger McFarlane and Jason Witten a couple years ago. I loved it. They've, had, they've got special guests that come in from town to town. Brett Favre was, was there one night for the Packers game. Uh, Gronkowski came in and talked. But it's just nice to hear their insight. They, they are very knowledgeable. You know, Peyton does most of the talking. Eli throws something in every once in a while. But it's a good, it's a good partnership, I'll put it that way. So tonight... Big AFC West matchup. The Chargers hosting the Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders undefeated. Chargers 2-1 coming off that big win against Kansas City at Kansas City. Now, can Herbert lead the Chargers? You know, Herbert is kind of snake bit by these, these close games the last two years. Can he lead them on a, get them on a roll? Get them on a win streak. Carr's playing great right now. Twelve hundred three yards passing, six touchdowns. Uh, Herbert nine hundred fifty six yards and six touchdowns. But who you got tonight? I think the Chargers are going to take it. Chargers take it at home, but it's going to be a close game. This may be. This may end up being talking about AFC West. We talked about, I, I posted on my Twitter and my Facebook last week before the, the Chargers and Chiefs game. This may be a matchup you have to look for years, Herbert versus Mahomes. This game tonight may end up starting a rivalry like the old days. You remember the old Chargers-Raiders rivalries back from the 70s and the uh, late 70s, early 80s? They were nasty games, bud. Chargers with the high-flying offense, Raiders with that big defense and just – Gosh, just win, baby. John Jefferson, Charlie Joyner, Dan Fouts, going up against Lester Hayes, Ted Hendricks, Jim Plunkett, Mark Van Egan, uh, Cliff Branch, Fred Blitikoff, and the Raiders. Just look forward to the game tonight. You know, I like Herbert, and I like Carr. Should be a good game tonight. Let, let's hope so. But uh, All right, let's talk about what I did Saturday. Okay, this past Saturday night, thanks to my good friend Gaddis Hodges, who does the play-by-play, the voice of the Chowan Hawks. I got to go to a Chowan game for the first time, and gosh, since I was a kid. Chowan, 
comes into this game 4-0 against Winston-Salem State at Garrison Stadium in Mumpersboro, North Carolina, if you guys aren't familiar with it. And uh, I'd heard a lot about this offense, especially especially their quarterback, Bryce Witt. And so I come into the game, you know, I'm going to the game, I'm thinking, God, I hope I don't jinx these guys by going to a game. First game I went to in forever. And I don't want to mess them up. So I go to take my seat, get my program. I always try to get a program when I go to a game. And from the start, I didn't have to worry about being a jinx too long. Chohan, Chohan put it on these guys. Winston-Salem State had, had no answer for Chohan all night. And Bryce Witt was as advertised. He had eight touchdowns, five passing and three rushing. He, his third rushing touchdown gave him the career mark in rushing touchdowns in program history. He threw 423 yards and ran for 48 yards. Jalen Boyd runs for 100 yards, two scores. Lawrence King also goes over 100 yards for the third game this season. 100 yards receiving with 126 yards. On nine receptions and one touchdown. Malik Tobias hauled in six catches for 96 yards and three scores. Amik Watts and 10 receptions with 62 yards. And Jeremiah Smith had one pass for 31 yards and a touchdown. And it started off, guys, it was like, just like that, they were up 28 to nothing. I, I want to say that was the end of the first quarter. 28 to nothing at the end of the first quarter. They put it on the second quarter as well, 49 to nothing at halftime. And I'm telling you, let me tell you, as much as we talked about this offense, the defense, a guy I'm really was impressed with, one of the guys, decided several I was really impressed with, Gilberto Ortiz, 6'4", 250-pound senior defensive lineman. He was all over the place. Simeon Burns, another one, that, and Caleb Hester. This was just domination by Chowan. As the final score ended up being 73-7. to The only reason, the only way Winston-Salem State got on the board was late in the third quarter, I believe. It may have been in the, it was in the fourth quarter, excuse me, early in the fourth quarter. Winston-Salem State gets the, uh, the only time Chowan has to punt all night. And Winston-Salem State blocks the punt and takes an in for a touchdown. So the final score ends up being 73-7. Definitely, definitely impressed with what I saw at Chowan. Head coach Mark Hall in his second year, but you can't count that last year because the whole season was, was canceled by COVID. He is... He's done a great job with this team. Next week, and I'm thinking about going. I'm off. I'm going to be off on Saturday. I'm getting ready to celebrate my birthday the following Saturday, but because of a big truckload set of work, I'm not able to take that off. Bowie State comes in undefeated. The battle of the undefeated at Garrison Stadium in Murfreesboro. Looking forward to it. Maybe I'll get, get a chance to, to, to go out there and see what goes on. Listen to this now. And I knew it was uh, – Chowan's offense was was good. But 10 
the first 10 drives they scored on and 11 of 13. So only two drives they didn't score on. And one of them, I think, was after uh, Bryce Witt went out to the game. His backup, Cade Craterball, came in. Freshman quarterback came in. First 10 drives and 11 of the 13. Hopefully sometime we can get Gaddis Hodges on the show. We'll, we'll talk to him about a little show on football. Uh, hopefully after a maybe it'll be after a big win against Bowie State uh, this coming week. But man, I was really impressed. That. If you get a chance, if you're local, local in this area, North Hampton County, Herford County, Halifax County, Gates County, whatever, I highly suggest you go out and 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 watch a Chowan football game. The atmosphere was great. Um, I loved it. I want to go back. So maybe this week I'll go back again. I know you keep I keep saying that, but I would love to go back again. One o'clock game time against Bowie State this Saturday at Garrison Stadium, Muffsboro, North Carolina. So, guys, I'm back. I'm getting trying to get some interviews up for the final score again. Check us out on Spotify on any of your uh, podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, iHeart, uh, every one of them. <laughs> Check them out, see if I'm there. If I'm not there, let me know. If you can, please give me a like and a, uh, a good review. Check me out on YouTube. I'm starting to put more stuff on YouTube. Hopefully, guys, once, you know, we've got terrible internet over here in this small town I'm in. But hopefully, what I'm hearing coming soon I'll have more, you know, a higher internet, better internet than what I've got, and I can do more with uh, YouTube, with Zoom, with uh, all that. And I can't say YouTube without thinking about my guys over there. Shout it out, Loudcast, where they do YouTube, and you, you have to you have to listen to it to know it. Um, but yeah, check me out over there. Subscribe, like, follow me on Twitter, follow me on Facebook. Uh, message me if you want, if you've got something you want to talk about, you want me to talk about, or if there's somebody that you want me to try to get in touch with and talk to. Anybody out there listening, any sports figure want to be interviewed, let me know. Message me. I will definitely interview you. I would definitely love to have you on the show. Uh, like I said, good thanks again to my good friend Gaddis Hodge, my mentor, for uh, hooking me up last Saturday night and. Uh, Hopefully, Chowan can pull off a win this upcoming week. That would be great to see Chowan stay undefeated. Uh, the first time they started 5-0 since 1980. All right, guys. That's going to do it for this week of the Final Score. We'll see you next week. Hope everybody has a great week. That's the Final Score.